Welcome to Down the Garden Path, where each week we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down to Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host and co-author, Matthew Dressing. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And to piggyback on last week's show, we are talking about other bushes that have berries for the birds that you can add to your landscape. These bushes are different than other fruit bushes like blueberry and raspberry. These ones will be more into your landscape. So we came up with five different ones for you to consider and a few honorable mentions. That's right. Shall we list all five or do we just want to slowly go through them <laughs> well we can certainly yeah they all have the word berry in them ha ha <laughs> um but yes we're going to talk about snowberry chokeberry choke cherry berry, and elderberry what do you think which one do you want to talk about first why don't we start off with common snowberry uh, I think it is a beautiful, smaller or medium-sized shrub, three to six feet tall and wide. Um, but it's beautiful with its thick, round, white berries, our common snowberry. So this is Symphoecarpos alba. You can find the coral berry also in your garden centers, orbiculatus. Uh, but this one is one that just has beautiful, pure, white um maturing snow white berries that appear from late summer to early fall so lots of different songbirds and Mm. wild game birds and small animals use this as a food source um, as well as like a a source to get nesting materials or nest in Mm -hmm. or hide from other things it's also a north american native too which is Mm -hmm. always great Yeah, and it produces pink flowers and then, like you said, white fruit. And I find they're not... They're not super noticeable at the garden centers. They're mm-hmm. not. I know I don't use them a lot in designs, or I, I don't think I ever have. Um, but I know sometimes if you're walking in the woods or in nature, sometimes you you spot them at, at this time of year, and you're like, "What's that?" Like they're what you. And I think some people think they're um, there's something wrong with them. Like they're red berries that have gotten mold or something like that. But really, they yeah. really are supposed to be white, and That's they right. kind of look odd, don't they? They do. They do. They're very large and small little clusters right. um, along or at the ends of the stems. So they don't kind of look like, like, for example, like last week's show where we were talking about hollies, right? They're not clusters of plentiful little berries. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit larger. Same thing with orbiculatus, the coral berry, right? We've got a little bit of a larger clusters of berries. Uh, they're more pink or pinkish purple uh, along the stems as well but they're a beautiful um, addition to your landscape again not something you'd put up front but something mm-hmm. maybe you'd use as in the background um, or you know as a informal hedge again very rounded mounded form a little yeah. bit wild three, being native yeah three to four it's not super dense it's kind of soft right and three mm-hmm. to four feet um, that type of thing so again yeah it, and it does it is good that it is um It'll handle clay. It'll handle rocky soil. So that is very good. That's right. And it does have um, 
Ooh, pardon me, um, a low toxicity for us. So these ones are definitely for the birds. And even the birds tend to wait until they get frozen or have some snow on them. Because even for the birds, um, the chemicals really aren't absorbed by anybody or even our bodies. So they wait to get a freeze and even lower its toxicity again before okay. they start to eat it. So, But if we eat it, especially us or our cats or our dogs, uh, we can get vomiting and other tummy issues that might be an issue for us okay that's good not a messy tree though like I wouldn't say it's very messy no uh, but again it's not it is I think I could see it as a hedge I could see it as a background mm-hmm. plant it is we did we mention it's deciduous so it does lose its leaves it does lose uh, its leaves and yeah doesn't have really a significant fall color just right. kind of yellows out and browns fairly quickly yeah so it's main ornamental feature are those yeah. berries yeah and so and I would say it's it's a tough plant um, and good for your native garden, but it's not one that you're going to plant a lot of, you know, you're not going to do a big grouping of three, I don't think it's, it's just, it's kind of a background plant for most of the year. And then in the winter, um, you know, you can see the pops of, so I think it'd look good in front of an evergreen hedge a bit, mm-hmm. you know, right, because then the, those white little pops in the, in the winter, um, until the birds eat them, uh, they would be lovely. Yeah, right. so, um, so next we have choke berry. Do you want to talk about choke berry first? And- Berry, yes, because we uh, next on our list is choke cherry. That's right. I think uh, we often go, wait, what? What's the difference? Which one? I know. (laughs) What's the difference? So another deciduous shrub, choke berry. That's right. So we're looking at Aronia melanocarpa. And it, too, attracts, again, lots of various songbirds like chickadees and bluebirds and titmice and waxwings, things like that. Um, it can also be a host for pollinators, but also some moths, the coral hair streak. So it's kind of like a, a grayish moth that we often see. And it has like little railing, little coral dots at the okay. very ends of its wings. I know I've seen it around and said, what is that one? Uh, and that's who where they are. So it also produces some beautiful berries. Uh, they are edible. But they do often need to be sweetened with sugars and jams or jellies or something like that. Another North American native blooming kind of pinkish, um, white to pinkish. And then again, anywhere, depending on where you are, because it's native, it might be blooming in March or all the way through June. And then those white, beautiful berries with distinct red anthers in the center are going to turn into blackish purple fruit that persists for a while. And now the one thing, because I was looking up this for the show, one thing I, I found up for this one was, this is often one of the berries that in the garden is often left until last because it has a low fat and a low protein. Um, so it doesn't really kind of fatten up the birds. So they'll kind of leave the choke berries until a little later to do its nutrition uh, until everything else is kind of depleted. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but you can make, yeah, you can make jam and jellies. Uh, it contains pec- pectin as well. So you can make use it for jams and jellies and sauces. Uh, it also doesn't mind uh, it a little wet. So that's a nice advantage too. You know, yes. if you're planting that native garden, uh, that pollinator plants and knowing that, or if you've got an area in your property uh, that is a little damper, then it's good to know that this is an option. That's right. We'll often see a few different cultivars out in the garden center as well. Um, remember Autumn Magic 
was uh, out for a while, a fairly larger shrub, fragrant flowers, but beautiful red, orange, and yellow um, fall colors, a beautiful fall color. And then Proven Winters has a couple out right now too, Lowscape Hedger and Lowscape Mound, um, and one's a little narrower uh, and more upright, like a five tall and three wide, and then the mound is a little bit more like one and a half by two by two or two by two kind of thing. Um, as kind of their name says and for what okay. they're used for. And then like the other one, like Auto Magic, we do have nice, rich, red, purple fall color. Um, oh, so we do get some that. fairies, but we also get some nice fall color with our deciduous as well. And I think they look quite pretty with the, the flowers covering them in the spring as well. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that's another one you might consider. Again, another lovely North American native, our fairy. Yes. And I think we're helping people that who might have a country property and, and see these, you know, berries is a plant with white berries in their property and a plant with, gosh, those berries last forever and their, you know, blackberries last forever in the bush. And we're helping them identify what they have based on the on the berries. So that's so hopefully we're we're helping you from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so choke cherry. So with the with the word cherry in there, we have prunus in the botanical name. And you say the botanical name so much better than I do. Oh, <laughs> Prunus virginiana. Prunus virginiana is our choke cherry. And like you, we said before, it's a, a native shrub, um, loves the full sun. It's a little bit of a bigger shrub mm -hmm. as well. Almost a so small tree. Almost a small tree. And you can find them in tree form as well, or um, a single or multi-stemmed uh, shrub form. But they can grow upwards of 20 plus feet and easily the same wide or if, if not a little bit wider. Um, but they like well-drained, moist soil. Uh, and again, they attract lots of different um birds they'll also attract small animals like chipmunks but they tend to eat more the seeds in the berry than the berry themselves yeah, interesting. yeah. again great for pollinators like um hummingbirds and butterflies um more so like butterflies mm -hmm. um, because we don't have that tubular flower but also as well as as other uh, pollinators and then we do have the and it's a host, oh, no, I can't, why I'm talking, <laughs> larval host of the Eastern uh, tiger swallowtail. So we do uh, have it as a lovely host plant as well. Yeah. And it uh, uh, flowers, white flowers in April or May, but not super showy though, right? Yeah, not really. Mm -hmm. We get like those kind of long semi-pendulous racemes of those little white clusters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're really looking for them um, or you see them as a street tree sometimes i'll see them you can notice them when there's a few of them on the street but oh yeah. okay yeah and sometimes in the garden center uh, i think the variety that is available and and we're better known as designers is the schubert choke cherry mm -hmm, yes yes so that tends to be a cultivar um that is popular um so yeah so it does definitely grow into more of a small tree and i think for bigger properties again it's not going to be appropriate i i don't think uh, for smaller properties. And I think you have potential. It doesn't say invasive in what I have in front of me, but I think you have some potential for those seeds to kind of reproduce, you know, land and, and uh, potentially... Uh, definitely yes oh you're yeah you'll get, i'm saying potentially and you're saying definitely yeah, let's go definitely then <laughs> yeah you'll get it like you said not like it's it's invasive um 
but you know those seeds will will spread she's in her yeah. native home range here in north america mm-hmm. so she'll she'll do her thing i wouldn't say invasive i wouldn't maybe say aggressive either but you will definitely some see some volunteers especially okay. when you get animals coming and going uh-huh. yeah and those berries are edible for us um, but they are very bitter as well. So again, we want to sweeten them up with something kind of, again, like that choke in the name. It's just like, ooh, uh, we might sweeten it up for pies or <laughs> something like jams or is, jellies. Do you or... think that's why the choke is in the name? That's how why I knew for chokeberry and choke cherries that, yeah, that, like a stringentness to it or stringent. <laughs> property to it and we need to sweeten it up because it is you can eat them you can eat them raw but it's just like oh i could pick something about her sour patch ah, okay <laughs> oh that's that's good that's good to know everybody yeah. um and fourth we have beauty berry mm-hmm. these are very very pretty clusters of berries that are almost held like um axillary so like where the leaves um, come out along the stem so there's like a group of leaves and the berries and a group of leaves with berries and a group of leaves with berries like they're held in clusters along the really stem with stems in yeah between. really yeah. yeah really interesting and I think I think again about it it's it's shrubs that are out in nature and out in you know more mature lots and stuff and people see them and don't know what in the world they are you know but they are available at the garden center mm-hmm. um, just ask for them or ask with your the growers have them available if if you're near a small area and your your garden center doesn't have them then dealing with you know a designer in the area or someone who's access to growers if you're looking to source them so um and they i think beauty like they're they are in the pinker tone so and they are tiny so they it is it is an interesting shrub it um the berry season again is fall to early winter which is why it makes it great for birds Mm-hmm. time for the birds to eat them so you know we don't need to be buying bird seed all the time right we can just plant a garden for the birds um that's right and they're also edible for us so the birds will come and enjoy them um but they're kind of bland for us they don't mm-hmm. really have any like edible value but um i have heard somewhere out there i look for things like juneberry like our saskatoon berry okay like the, like the amelanchier yeah and i can never find the like a jam or something made for it but it's kind of yeah. like this one yeah. i've rarely ever seen like beauty berry jam. jam or yes. jelly or something like that oh so you we can do them but like we said there are like 40 different species or mm-hmm. more birds like robins and Baltimore Orioles and thrushes, they will all come and visit and pick these these uh, native berries. From Interesting. This well. one also likes it moist. So that's another good thing. Yes. And uh, and can um, be used in, in preserves or wine. So that's that's kind of interesting as well. It's more of a fruit wine. But I, I feel like they're they're ha- making a comeback. Like I think these ones that we're talking about today are kind of those old fashioned, those plants that have been in North America yeah. for a long time and nobody's given them any credit. We've maybe even treated them as weeds or a scruff mm-hmm. in, in the yards. And I think with our quest for nature and reestablishing some more habitats for pollinators and for birds and bees and butterflies, I think we're going to see a resurgence of these types of plants. And I don't think in your typical yard, you can't have one of every of these, you know, that that would be too too much, I think, unless you have a really big property. But in an average size yard, 
I think they all would get to be kind of competing with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, but it's great to know that there are some, you know, aside from just perennials, because I think we focus so much on pollinators and things and, and focus on the perennials, but we need things that last into the winter and and start blooming in the spring or before a lot of our perennials have shown up. So uh, so there is a good reason to have some of these uh, berry bushes in your garden for the birds. That's right. Agreed. And we have one last berry bush. I know we do. We do. Um, uh, last but not least, elderberry. No. And I have a family history with elderberry. And, I, oh. and those berries are very tart. And I love elderberry jam. Have you ever had elderberry jam? I... Don't think I have to be honest. Okay. I don't think I have. Yes, I have. I have tried just like try to berry. Yes, um, and they are very tart. Yes, they're very you know. tart. And I can remember. <laughs> so my grandmother had access when I was a kid to berry bushes on her property, and she would man she would harvest them, and her hands would be like dyed purple, like mm-hmm. they really stain. And and they're tiny, so they're big. Um, big group. What's it called? The droops. Is it droops? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. droops oh. of, of berries and so it takes quite a bit to clean them like you're picking them and then you've the little stems get in there so you've really got it it's a lot of work they're they're not like making raspberry jam or blueberry jam <laughs> um but uh, i loved the jam or jelly so she would freeze them she would you know after doing all of that work and then freeze them in groupings and then um, make some some of them were elderberry pie elderberry jams th- that type of thing so yeah if you ever get a chance to try elderberry pie it's it's worth it and you can taste the seed like they're tiny berries but there is a bit of a because of the seed inside of them there is a bit of a crunch to eat them so yeah I, I and who knew and they are available in your garden to put in your garden yeah yeah you can buy them at, definitely at the garden centers yes for sure yeah and this one would be one where i'd say with kind of floats to the vegetable fruit like part a little bit more than ornamental don't you think yeah yeah, I would say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, yeah, kind of like our other ones. There's value there, but maybe not. Yes, we're not pure ornamental value. It's mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little bit more for us. Would be more vegetable. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, because they're making the other. Um, I'm trying to. The name has gone out of the head about the other purple leafed, uh, elder plants. Are they not a fit in, in the same family as elderberry? Yes. Yeah. The um, black lace like elders. Black beauty and black, black lace beauty, elderberry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, again, another North American native, um, tolerates clay, likes lots of organic matter, good for a well-drained and moist area. So we'll to- tolerate that occasional wet uh, as well. And it's uh, quite hardy. And again, attracting small mammals and songbirds, lots of different birds, used uh, great for hummingbirds and pollinators and butterflies because of the shape of those mm. small tubular flowers. Yeah. And cedar wax wings. So I do know my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend has also grown it for years. And if you if you do want to save it and if you do want to harvest it, you have to be on top of it yes. because if you don't, like it's like the minute that they turn ripe, it's not one that they. So I think it's one that birds love because 
it's gone. Like you look as she said, you know, you look out the window one day and she's like, oh, it looks like they're ripe. I'm going to have to pick them tomorrow. And then you look out the next day and it's either empty or it's absolutely covered with birds and they're gone and they just take all of them. (laughs) So it is. So obviously there's there's value there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it doesn't need a lot of care. It will kind of do its own thing. So, again, it's, I think, better for a larger property um, or if you really want that looser, you know, look in in a space, um, something that will get big and, and it's harder to, you know, by pruning it and shaping it, it's a little bit harder to do. So, uh, so yeah, she's, she has it growing against um, the house. So the brick kind of keeps it nice and warm and keeps it upright. Uh, so yeah, so I think it's a, it's an interesting option and it, it's something to, to consider. Uh, so yeah, so we've named, you know, so that's five that we like to recommend or tell you more about berry bushes for birds, snowberry, choke, berry, choke cherry, beauty berry, and elderberry. That's right. And we do have some honorable mention. Mm-hmm. As you know, there are many different um, shrubs and trees and vines that create berries that have ornamental value, but also have value to birds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one that's definitely along the top of our list is like viburnums. But I mean, we've talked about viburnums a number of times and yeah. there's lots of different native species. That's a whole other mm-hmm. Whole other show, and we'll, literally. And we'll, yeah, that's right. Well, and we'll link to that show in our show notes because we have done a whole show about viburnums, and they definitely belong in your garden. But definitely mm-hmm. more, more ornament, and they have a much higher ornamental value. Um, and then they also have berries, so it's kind of a cool, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, American bittersweet vine as well. Again, another native vine blooming closer to the fall. It's going to climb if left be, or just out on a slope. Um, in some rougher soil, she'll just kind of mound upon herself and have berries in the fall. That's right. uh, Eastern. Oh, well, before we, before you leave American bittersweet vine, mm. we do want to make sure you you get you make sure it is American bittersweet vine. So don't yes. just look for bittersweet vine because there is an Oriental bittersweet vine which is invasive. Yeah, um, yes, looking very similar but not exactly the same. But but uh, you know, so don't go to the garden center and ask for bittersweet. But look specifically for native. American bittersweet vine. So it's nice to know because people, vines are popular, right? People want mm-hmm. privacy. People want to hide things, have something growing on a fence or, or um, an old, an old tree stump or, you know, there's many uses of vines in a garden. Um, so it's nice to know that you can have something beautiful, but also have berries for the birds. So I think, uh, I think that's why it was a great mention in the rest of our shrub category. Here, so um, and then evergreen, Matt. You you thought of this one? Yeah, the eastern red cedar, our juniperus, mm-hmm. um, Virginiana. Um, yeah, it is provides it goes a rusty color. It looks like a it's a juniper, um, even though it's called eastern red cedar. Red cedar, it's a juniper. <laughs> it is <laughs> a juniper. Just to confuse you. <laughs> Just to confuse you, but yeah, nice evergreen during the season, and then it gets rich red rust colors. Uh, but it has or some ornamental berries, but it also is good for a shelter, uh, as mm-hmm. well as a food source for berries as well, or a food source for birds as well. And you said mm. they're blueberries. Like, yeah, they're like our the color blue <laughs> juniperus blueberries, right? Yeah, yeah. And the birds do eat them. Yeah, and then they are edible by our birds for sure. Uh, we also have on our list our Oregon grape holly, our Mahonia aquifolium. So, um, 
another one there. Uh, that, was that one I, could be its own show again. I was, I was yeah, going to say, like, that was my hesitation. Because, yeah, that one's underplanted, too. And and my girlfriend, Janet, who also has the elderberry, she also has an Oregon grape. So, uh, yes, she was always pl- way before her time in planning for nature. Um, <laughs> so it, they're really showy in the spring. The yellow flowers on it mm-hmm. are super showy like you're yeah, like are, really what are. is that because the the leaves do it's woodier and stronger i would say than than holly than the common holly <laughs> yes <laughs> um so it's woodier and the stronger branching and um but the leaves are very similar and they're kind of like mm-hmm. prickly and and glossy but boy do they are they showy and she had it on the north side of her house by her front door yeah. and it was very showy in the spring and then in the fall, having the blue, uh, blue, they look like grapes, blueberries. Yeah, big clusters of big blue grape-like berries. And are sure. they native? Uh, you know what? I honestly have. I know we've stumped you. Well, we'll let that, you. We'll let you know, it. and we'll put you. It, we'll put it in the show notes, whether it's native or not. And last but not least, uh, I think something that is used for the wrong reason. It's not really used for. Um, for the birds and the berries, I think it's used because it's a good ground cover. It will grow in difficult uh, locations as well as on slopes for retaining a lot of retention. Um, and that is Ketoniaster. Yes, Ketoniaster, beautiful architectural. I enjoy things like the cultivars like Tom Thumb with the smaller leaves, but they get those nice orange berries that are also visited and provides a nice shelter mm-hmm. uh, as well as it traps some of the bigger leaves around it for small animals as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're wondering, it's spelled like Cotton Easter. So it's often yes. something that's mis- mispronounced because people sound it out. And it's spelled like Cotton Easter, but it's really Cotoniaster. Yes, exactly. Uh, I sound um, so smart when I correct people with that one. <laughs> like, right? Actually, actually it's Cotoniaster. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, actually, jumping back one too, um, mm-hmm. our Mahonia aquifolium, our Oregon grape holly, is native to. Uh, or Oregon, uh, but also like Washington and California, basically okay. the West Coast. Okay. <laughs> so not for us here in Ontario, but it's still a kind of a cool plant. Yes. And does that bring us to the end of our honorable mentions? I, I think does. It, does. it does. So I hope we've given you some great ideas for depending on your yard and depending on your growing conditions, how you can add some key plants that are for the birds that are pollinators um, that if you are a cook and want to make jam that that also gives you some uh, some fruit to do that with and something that's just not not as common so you might have to look a little bit farther in the rows at your garden center or ask for it from a landscape professional near you to source them at a grower um, or uh, I mean online yes there's online options I think the challenge with online is you're going to get something very small um, I don't mm-hmm. know if if the sources, I know we've had Susan on talking about apple trees and a lot of growers. So I don't know if there's that's an option to get some of those, maybe the choke cherry, you know, Prunus virginiana. Maybe there's an option to get those uh, bare root and, and to be able to get a, a plant that actually gives you fruit right away. But yeah, mm-hmm. so I hope we have educated you a little bit, maybe ID'd some of the plants in your backyard or in your mother or grandmother's yard um, to know that these are some great options for you for your garden and landscape and that you are, you know, again, you're, you're feeding mother nature 
as well as providing uh, pollen and um and you know interest there it is beautiful to look at as well right yes they are definitely beautiful to look at as well so thank you for joining us down the garden path this episode all about birds or berries for birds <laughs> i'm matthew dressing here with my co-host and co-author joanne shaw joanne and i enjoy hosting down the garden path bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden we learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show that's right. And I'm going to do a little mini episode, mini pl plug for our book. So as we head into the mm -hmm. holiday season and you're doing some shopping um, down the garden, please look up and consider our book down the garden path, a step-by-step -step guide to your Ontario garden. Uh, I think it would make a great hostess gift for the gardener in your life or the gardener wannabe or the new homeowner um, or a gift for someone else as well. So please check out Amazon. It's available there and Matt and I would really appreciate it. And we know I've heard from all the people who bought it, how much they love it and, and it's helpful to them. So uh, I just want to do that little plug, but also a letting you know that don't forget you can spend more time with us down the garden path follow us on instagram facebook and youtube at down the garden path podcast you can also find find us on your favorite podcast provider which you probably already know about already um but while you're there please hit like and uh share and leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe so that you are notified of new content we love hearing from our listeners. You can write us at downthegardenpathpodcast at hotmail.com or via our websites. You can find me at www.downtoearth.ca with the number two and Matt at www.naturalaffinity.ca. Thanks everyone for joining us down the garden path.